Hello and welcome back to the 90s Galore Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Zaldivar. Very excited about being here with you once again. Um, Before I go any further, I just want to thank you again, all you listeners out there, for being so gracious, for tuning in, for checking us out, for showing us your support. We're extremely grateful, extremely thankful. And uh, like I said, we're going to come every week, every week and a half or so, we're going to do the best we can to provide a quality podcast for you and we're going to bring uh some uh, we're going to bring it every week so once again i can't i can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for for really for showing uh showing us your support we've had a again we've had some tremendous uh results here and response from um our first couple of um podcasts this is our third episode now so uh we're going to try and strive uh every week to bring to bring a quality uh, show to you so uh, thanks again um, and don't forget we're uh, available on anchor now uh, apple podcast google podcast breaker pocket cast radio public and stitcher so make sure you subscribe to any one of those platforms and uh, check us out okay and uh, so we're excited about that um, also hit me up on twitter at ydna flo90 again that's Andy backwards F as in Flores L O 90. Um, yeah, shoot me a, shoot me a line, hit me up, uh, drop a, drop a, a request for a band, nineties band or nineties artist You'd like to hear us, uh, uh, feature on the nineties galore podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll see if we can make that happen. Okay. We'd love to hear from you and uh, just say hi or whatever. So again, hit us up. Uh, today we have a great, great show. We have a, a very cool band, um, Southern California band, um, in store for you. Uh, this particular band has, again, um, you know, like our previous two groups, very humble beginnings, and shot to superstardom in just a number of, uh, just a few years. And uh, Sublime, ladies and gentlemen, we will be profiling Sublime today. And... Uh, Sublime is uh, a Southern California band, so very uh, near and dear to my heart because I'm from Southern California, and uh, but didn't really get to know Sublime until mid '90s. I, I, you know, they blew up in the mid '90s, uh, actually later '90s, '97 to be exact, with their um, release of uh, their self-titled album, Sublime. So that was uh, that's kind of how that that uh, went down. But nonetheless, uh, very excited to be profiling Sublime today. And uh, Sublime is actually comprised of, of three three individuals. And it's uh, Bradley Knoll, who's on lead and rhythm guitar. Uh, he also did percussion and uh, not to, uh, <laughs> least, but last but not least, lead vocals. Um, then you have Eric Wilson, who's on bass, backing vocals, congas, percussion, and, and also the synthesizer. And then Bud Goff, who was the drummer, and played the among other instruments and also the synthesizer and then we have Lou Dog the Dalmatian and Lou Dog was actually their their little mascot it was uh, Bradley's Bradley's dog his uh who uh, he became kind of their uh their little um yeah well, mascot you know for, for for Sublime uh he's a, the uh so he it was they had a lot of fun with Lou Dog and we'll talk about him in just a few minutes here but uh um, Sublime actually originated in Long Beach. Um, they're categorized as a ska, 
punk, reggae rock. Um, I don't care what you call them, man. I, I just know that they're really good, extremely talented. And uh, they were actually formed in 1988. They released three al uh, studio albums, a live album, five compilation albums, three EPs, and one box set. So they actually uh, they, they released a lot of music. They made a lot of music in, in just the, the short time that they were together. And, uh, and all of it is, is amazing uh, to say, uh, not to, you know, to, uh, um, amazing music, you know. Uh, so basically the way they came about, Eric Wilson and Bud Goff were childhood friends and they grew up in the same Long Beach neighborhood. Um, during their high school years, they, they formed a punk music trio with, uh, with a guy named Michael Miguel Hapold. And he, they were called the Juice, the Juice Brothers, and uh, Miguel actually ended up being their uh, manager later on. But uh, it was th those three uh, initially, and then right around this time, Bradley Knoll had just dropped out of the University of, uh, I believe it was a University of California, Santa Cruz, and he joined the band, came back to Long Beach, and uh, he was the one who kind of introduced. Eric Wilson and Bud Goff to, to ska and reggae music. Um, so they kind of, uh, you know, they formed, they formed the band and right away they started uh, gigging, rehearsing, playing, jamming out, a um, lot of small venues. Their first gig actually was on 4th of July, 1998, 1988, excuse me, in a small venue. I don't know what it was called, but I know it was a small local venue in the Long Beach area. Uh, and it's interesting that uh, many clubs wouldn't book them because of their kind of their eclectic uh, fusion, their eclectic blend of musical styles of, of ska, reggae, and punk. So what they did is they kind of, uh, they started their own label. And uh, when they, called the Skunk Records, you may have seen or heard of Skunk Records. Uh, they made t-shirts and, and just, uh, <laughs> you know, there was, it, ended up becoming a pretty good name uh pretty big name skunk records and subsequently whenever they approached the venue from that point on they would uh say hey we're we're skunk records recording artists to kind of give them some credibility kind of give them a you know in a sense of accomplishment and uh so they were trying to create that impression and uh, this eventually helped them get more gigs so they, came, they continued to perform throughout Southern California uh, with other local ska bands such as uh, Smokestacks, the Skeletones, and then another certain band you may have heard of called No Doubt. And uh, so they, they started performing with these with No Doubt and other bands. Uh, so they recorded a few a few songs, put together a, a few short demos around this time. And in February 1990, Bradley Knoll Bradley adopts a Dalmatian puppy and names him Louie in honor of his grandfather, Louie Knoll. Uh, Lou Dog became his nickname and he became the, the band's mascot. Uh, he was often allowed to wander, on the, wander onto the stage. He'd go on stage with them during their shows. He'd roam around the stage. and, and uh, So he's actually mentioned in a lot of... lot in their songs so check it out so in late 1990 michael hapold 
offers uh, Sublime the opportunity to record at a studio at a, at a, at a school where he's uh, actually a student. Now, I don't know if this was a university, a college, trade school, whatever, uh, but he had access to the studio where he was a student at. And uh, of, of course, Sublime takes takes advantage of the opportunity, says, heck yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get some free recording time. So they actually record from midnight to about 7 a.m. And uh, the, re- the resulting recording session uh, comprises the, the album called Jaw Won't Pay the Bills. And it's released in 1991. And uh, this particular album was uh, would later featured songs that would later be included in, the, in some of their albums. Um, the tape helped them get a huge, huge following throughout Southern California. So, um, Jaw Won't Pay the Bills was the name of that, that little recording session they did, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so, they're getting ready for their first album, 40 Ounces to Freedom. In 1992, they actually uh, released the album and uh, under the Skunk Records label, the, the record became extremely popular in the greater Los Angeles area and uh, of course Southern California. And this actually solidified them as a, as a growing force in, in the, the scene, in the music scene. And uh, they were up and coming and it was only a matter of time before they really had their big breakthrough. So uh, this uh, 40 Ounces of Freedom was actually uh, only sold at uh, their live shows initially. Um, you know, probably out of the, the trunk of their car and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, Skunk Records didn't have, it wasn't a major label and uh, didn't have a distribution, I don't think. So they were doing whatever they could to sell these, sell this album. Uh, so it really did a great job of blending the ska, reggae, and punk, punk along in, uh, with hip hop. And, uh, you know, local stations were playing it, uh, especially the song Date Rape. And by 1996, 40 Ounces to Freedom had more had sold more than 200,000 copies, uh, which is pretty impressive. Like I said, they didn't have a major distribution deal or anything like that. So in, in June of 94, um, Sublime was finally signed to a, a large, a major record label, which was Gasoline Alley from MCA Records by John Phillips, who then became uh, one of their managers and um so finally they they have a breakthrough major label and uh they start uh getting ready to record another album and uh, but it's important to note now that uh, 40 ounces to freedom ended up going platinum um has since gone platinum um twice so overall but uh, initially it had sold a couple hundred thousand albums copies and um the, the album was pretty cool uh, with uh, Noel, Bradley Noel singing in Spanish and rapping in Spanish. And again, it, it blended their, their style of, uh, their pretty cool style of, of hip hop, reggae, ska, and punk. So on to their second album, Robin the Hood was released in June of 1994 under the Gasoline Alley MCA label. Yeah, again, it was infused with rock, rap, and uh, some acoustic uh, home recordings and spawned the single Work That We Do. Commercially, wasn't as successful as 40 Ounces to Freedom, but nonetheless, it, it was a, a gain, gave them more exposure and, and 
gained them more of a following in, in the Southern California area. Uh, they continued to tour extensively in 1994 and 1995. And in 1995, uh, Sublime co-headlines the inaugural Vans Warp Tour, which is a very popular traveling rock tour that's held annually every summer. You may have heard of it. It travels the country and the uh, United States. And uh, it's a big, big uh, concert tour. A lot of big names, big, um, big acts, you know, perform every year. And as the story goes, uh, one particular occasion, uh, they were asked to leave the tour for a week because of unruly behavior by sublime guests and friends, and uh, not to mention Lou Dog, the band's mascot, supposedly hit, bit four people. So uh, Bud Goff actually was quoted as saying that uh, they'd wake up, drink, drink more, play. Then drink a little more, and then they, uh, then they, the, the dog came out, and bought a, a bit a few skaters, as he said, and that was the last straw. Um, so, uh, Robin the Hood actually goes gold. So again, not as not as commercially successful as uh, Forty Ounces, but uh, successful in its own right. So, uh, after the Warp Tour, they begin working on, on new material for a new album and a follow-up to Robin the Hood. Uh, so that's where we're now in uh, February 1996. They begin recording their, their next album and headline the uh, Snowcore Tour, which was another, which was another um, annual music festival um, that, they, uh, that is held annually in the United States uh, during the winter time, actually. And uh, like the Warp Tour was held in the summer, this one is uh, the Snowcore is held in the winter. They headline it, and um, they they actually finish their album. But before it's released in uh, May of 1996, uh, tragically, Bradley Knoll dies of a heroin overdose at a motel in San Francisco, California. Uh, he was found dead at 11:30 in the morning. On May 25th, 1996, the day after their last live show in Petaluma, California, uh, he was 28 years old, and apparently Noel had been battling a heroin addiction um, when he succumbed to 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 the to his uh, to the addiction and uh, to the habit. Uh, he left his son, his son Jacob, and his wife Troy, who whom he had just married a week before. In Las Vegas, very, very sad, very, very tragic, and uh, you know, again, he was 28 years old. Um, Sublime, the self-titled album, was recorded in uh, in Austin, Texas, at Willie Nelson's studio, and um, over a span of three months. And on July 30th, 1996, Sublime is released. It spawns the hit singles "What I Got." which was number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot Modern Rock Tracks, and then uh, Santeria, Wrong Way, and Doing Time. And they all, all these singles uh, received significant radio play. Uh, and what I got actually remains the band's only number one single to date. Uh, Sublime was actually, the, the album was uh, certified fi uh, platinum five times, 
by the Recording Industry Association of America. So this particular album, Sublime, was, uh, I mean, catapulted, catapulted Sublime, the Sublime name, I mean, worldwide. Um, you know, it, it was an amazing album, amazing album. I remember listening to it. Uh, I had just gotten out of the Navy when I got, when I came home and everybody was bumping Sublime, you know, everybody was playing Sublime. And uh, obviously I fell in love with it. And uh, from then on, you know, I explored their their other albums, 40 Ounces and Robin the Hood, and um, the album Santeria, um, excuse me, the the video Santeria was very popular at the time, and I remember just thinking, man, who, who were these guys, where they come from, you know, And but, uh, you know, obviously, uh, they were very talented, and I was glad to have uh, caught the, um, the craze at, at that time, so, again, Sublime does very well, puts them, uh, shoots them up to st- superstardom posthumously. Bradley Knoll becomes a, a hero, you know, uh, just a, a musician that uh, everybody kind of admires. And, and um, you know, again, it was very sad that he was he was gone. But, you know, I'm glad that he was able to leave us his, his awesome, amazing music. Uh, since then... The surviving members of, of Sublime, Eric Wilson and Bud Goff, uh, formed uh, the band uh, the, called Long Beach Dub All-Stars. And they actually released a couple of albums since then. Uh, Sublime's Greatest Hits compilation album was released in 1999. And again, they've had a few posthumous releases since 1997, including Secondhand Smoke, Stand By Your Van, and Sublime Acoustic. Bradley Knoll and Friends. Uh, in 2006, a box set of rarities and demos was released called Everything Under the Sun. And, um, you know, again, Sublime, they, they remain very popular. Uh, they had a very unique sound. You know, they blended that skull, that reggae, punk, and hip-hop, and, and just like nobody else ever did, you know, or prior to them, you know, coming to the forefront. They just blew up the scene in the 90s. It was... Uh, you know, very they were they became very popular, and um, the popular LA alternative rock radio station KROQ K Rock um, they've named uh, Sublime number three on their annual top K Rock bands of all time list six years in a row now, behind uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Nirvana. And overall, uh, to date, Sublime has sold over 17 million units worldwide, and. Uh, just uh, again, an incredible band, incredible story, and uh, you know, hopefully we can hear you know, Bud Goff and Eric Wilson, um, you know, create more music. They're still doing their thing, you know. Uh, again, under under uh, the Long, Be- Long Beach Dub All Stars, and I don't, I'm not sure if they're still in that band. I know they that band has since been, uh, um, you know, formed, had new new members come in. And uh, and taking taking the baton, so to speak, and, and um, also uh, Jacob Dylan, Noel's son, is uh, in another band called. It goes by Law. I don't know if they pronounce it Law or L A W, but uh, I've heard him sing. You can go on YouTube, check him out. Sounds just almost like Bradley, uh, like the, his dad. Very talented, plays guitar, and uh, but uh, that's uh, that's sublime, ladies and gentlemen, and. 
Again, I hope you've uh, enjoyed the this episode of the 90s Galore podcast. Um, it's been a uh, pleasure profiling Sublime. Um, before I go, I just want to say uh, once again, you know, hit me up. Hit me up on Twitter. Drop me a line. Say hi. Call me an idiot. Whatever. Uh, and uh, don't forget to find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and Radio Public. And we're available on all those platforms. So tune in next time uh, to see which 90s band we are going to cover or 90s artist we will cover. And uh, until then, I'm your host, Andy Zaldivar. So take it easy.